Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now? Jesus, we love you. We serve a great God today. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thank you. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord and experience his presence today? I'm going to ask you to remain standing for just a moment. I'm going to invite the Gwens to come and begin to do their portion of the service. Why don't you make them welcome right now? Thank you. I would just tell you that if you're not familiar with the process that that they're in right now, it's called deputation, and this is not what they sign up for. They sign up to go and minister to people in various countries, but this is a, uh, I wanted to say necessary evil, but it's always good, I guess, to be in the house of the Lord, so it's, it's a necessary part of that, but we're thankful that they are here with us today. And we're expecting God to do great things. God bless you, Brother Gwen. So happy you're here. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and feel the presence of the Lord that I feel in this place. Why don't you just lift your hands to heaven? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him thanks for his presence here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your presence we feel here, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, Lord, right here, Lord Jesus, in Olathe, Kansas, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing around the world. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being in your presence this morning. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, and it's a privilege to be here. Um, the, the last time I met your pastor... Well, Blackburn, it was uh, pretty close to here in Kansas or in the Kansas City side somewhere. We were on deputation and uh, we crossed paths, but he knows a lot of my family and friends. We had a good time and thank you for all the uh, kind hospitality. Uh, this is our my first service with my wife back after we, we started traveling uh, the first part of January and uh, things came to abrupt halt about mid-March <laughs> and so... Uh, this is our first time out, but uh, we are grateful, and grateful of the opportunity. We've done several virtual services, but we're glad to be here this morning. Just want to share with you for a few moments what the Lord is doing in our lives and ministry. Over 20 years ago, uh, the Lord called us to the country of Mexico, and uh, we had been pastoring a Spanish work in the States for about five years, and so uh, in a year's time, we... Uh, took us about a year we sold everything and packed up and moved to Mexico City and uh, we uh, began an adventure there that's continued to this day uh, we pastored there for a while and then then uh, we became actual missionaries we went as like associates and then after that we returned and we made a drastic change we went from Mexico City which is one of the, at the time was the largest city in the world still right up at the top and we went down to Chiapas, Mexico, which is more like uh, Guatemala than the rest of Mexico, and began to work, and there were no churches in the city at that time, and so we began to work in the mountains with Mayan Indians, and that was an extreme shock, but we fell in love with that place, and we were able to start a church in the capital city of Tuxtla Gutierrez, and then the last 10 years we spent in the city of Puebla, Mexico, working in Puebla, Oaxaca, Tlaxcala, in the center of Mexico. My wife has worked for many years with the ladies there. And uh, in about uh, in 2013, a friend of mine, a uh, pastor in Mexico, had been traveling in and out of Cuba. 
and there were some things going on in our lives, and uh, we were back in the States at the time, and I was up early one morning praying. I usually don't get up before dawn to pray, honestly, sorry, but, <laughs> but, this, but when I'm troubled, I do, <laughs> like most people, and so I was up early praying one morning, and it was a phone call from the Lord. My friend from Mexico called me. I picked up the phone, and, and he said, he just said, you need to go to Cuba. And I said, okay. I never do anything like that without checking with my wife. But uh, by the time she woke up, I had sent copies of our passports, got permission from our authorities and everything and our bosses. And so uh, and we were on our way to Cuba and we've been traveling in and out of Cuba ever since. And uh, the Lord is doing tremendous things there. It's a unique place and with unique challenges. But we're going to share with you for a few moments our presentation. We have about a five minute video presentation about what the Lord is doing in Cuba. And we're just thankful for the uh, opportunity to be a part of that. And so we've worked with Cuba, Mexico. And then about three years ago, we started traveling. Uh, situations, the Lord opened the door. We never planned it. But we've been traveling in the Caribbean, ministering in English-speaking islands, French-speaking islands, uh, Central America, and literally hit the road. And I called us high-class homeless for over three years. We, we, we turned a house in in Mexico, put our stuff in storage, and traveled for three years, Airbnbs in different places, and, and have met beautiful people, established friendship, and began work, training programs in different islands in the Caribbean, uh, Trinidad and Tobago, Grenada, uh, Martinique, uh, French Guyana, and working in those areas. And so now we're deputizing and to return and continue working in those areas, but Cuba is our area of responsibility. So... Uh, it's a little confusing, but that's our life, <laughs> and we're grateful for it. We're having, uh, we we are grateful for what God is doing, and so I'm gonna have my wife come. Her name is Linda, which in Spanish means pretty, beautiful. So siempre que presento a mi esposa, presento a mi esposa linda, my beautiful wife, and and her name is pretty too. God bless you. Dios le bendiga, hermanos. Amen. A pleasure to be here this morning, to be in the house of the Lord. I thank the Lord for the opportunity to, to worship him. I don't ever want to take that for granted. We all know what it's like now to not be able to go to church <laughs> and not be able to be in the presence of the Lord together. But I'm so thankful that his presence is with us wherever we go. And I'm so thankful for his presence that's with us when we're in our homes. And God has been so good to us, and we... We have had a lot of changes, but I know that God works all things for our good. And I am so thankful for what he has done. And I want to thank the Lord for every opportunity. I'm thankful for the time that we were in Mexico. I love Mexico. I call that my first love after, my, after the Lord and my husband and my children. <laughs> as far as countries, I guess, my first love. And then we went from there. Of course, Cuba, we began to go, go to Cuba. And Cuba, you cannot go there without being touched cannot go there without being transformed when you see people who live with such as they say escasez which is scarcity without so many things and yet they love the Lord and there's a people there's a people of the name that love the Lord with all of their heart and they're worshiping the Lord with all their heart and and then of course traveling these last few years in all these other countries and we're talking before church about feeling called to to each country that we hear about and this we've been to so many places and you fall in love with every place you go to you fall in love with every 
all the people. And I just want you to know, we've been in contact with all these people, and we're all in the same boat. (laughs) Some are a lot worse than what we are in the United States, and there's a lot of needs everywhere. But we've been able to minister these last few weeks, and I'm just so thankful for the Internet. that can be such an evil sometimes, but it's been such a blessing these last few weeks to be in touch. And the Lord has ministered, and the Lord is just blessing. But in Cuba, we have seen the hand of God. We have seen people become so strong in this faith and so determined that whatever they have to do, they're going to do it. Whatever price they have to pay, they're going to pay that price. And they don't have the freedom necessarily that you and I have to have a big congregation like this. They're usually limited to house churches with just a few people, whatever number that the government tells them that they can have at whatever time that they can have it. That that has not stopped them from preaching the word of God. That has not stopped them from starting another church and going from there and doing another one. It's not uncommon for a pastor to have many congregations in his area um, because they have to. That's what they do. It's not uncommon for people that live with so little. I, I went to a place, we, uh, I believe, last year, but we went there, and these people give. We had to teach them to give because there's a mentality there that they're to be given to. But we have learned that when you give, God blesses, and you cannot outgive the Lord. And and sometimes we can look to a certain government or a certain um, way that they're going to provide our needs, but we have found that God provides in a way that only He can do. And He opens up the heavens and pours out blessings in a way that we can't do. And so we, when we went, that was one of our first things was to teach them. And, and there's nothing like going to someone's house who is in such a humble house, broken down. They have things in their house that they've had for 50 years because that's when things were last new, really new and good quality from 50 years ago. And so they, everything, and to go to their house and have them say, I have, I, the people, it's been raining so much. And those poor people that work in the fields have not been able to work in the fields. So we took from our refrigerator what was left over and took it to them to be a blessing to them. This is people that we look at and where did they get it from to give to someone else? But God blesses them. And to see them and to teach them to come marching down the aisle worshiping God and, and to lay their, their offerings on the altar. God will bless them and God will keep them through everything. Whether we can be there or can't be there, God will be with them and he will take care of them. And we're seeing that happen even during this time, this pandemic. They're all closed in too. But one pastor decided, I need to do something he re- his wife receives a little pension from another government. She's from a different, um, she's retired from a different country. And she married him and has been living in Cuba for 30 years. <laughs> but, but they went out, they took that little bit that they had, and they went out and they bought fruit. And they began to make fruit juice out of that fruit. They took bottles of, of old bottles of, like, from soda or water and sanitized them. 
and filled them up with fruit juice. And they went out and gave 500 families fruit juice, a liter of fruit juice. These are not people that are wealthy. These are people that saw a need. These are people that said, we're going to do what we can do. The pastor said, we were able to touch their hearts and we were able to minister in their lives because that's really what it's all about, is ministering in their lives and seeing people baptized in Jesus' name and seeing people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we have seen that happen too. We've seen miracles. When you live with so little When you have a need, you don't go to the hospital. You cry out to God, and God hears their cry. We were in a service, and a lady began to yell, It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. A tumor that was on her stomach disappeared. Another lady in another service, she, we were in a service and we just said, We're going to pray for anyone who has had a notice from a doctor saying something is wrong. And when she, when we prayed, she went downstairs to the main service that we were in and she was telling them I had a growth on my neck that growth is now gone it's gone when we prayed it was gone that is what God is doing and that's what God is doing in Cuba in a youth camp 199 kids there my two two of my boys went to minister with other people We have three sons. They're all grown now. But two of them went to this event. There were 99 young people. 49 young people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The neighbors heard the commotion and came to hear what was going on. And neighborhood young people from the neighborhood came and were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost also. I just have to think in this country where they've been taught that they don't need God. That God is not real, even at one point taking away Christmas and churches and everything to try to control the people. But I just have to think that there's a young people, that there's a people that have seen the hand of God. And it's going to transform that island and that Holy Ghost that we can feel in those events. We pray every time that it will flow, not just from there, but that it will flow across the island. And we're just praying that God will use the people. Right now, we can't be there, but they are. And we're believing God, the spirit, that seed that is there, that it will grow. And I'm asking for your prayers that God will be with them at this time. We've been able to minister, and I will stop talking and sing a song. But I just want to share this, something that we never would have dreamed would happen three, three years ago. You see, Internet is new in Cuba. They have only had it a short time. We're so thankful that Internet is there. <laughs> but when they, last week, two weeks ago, for the very first time, We've, we've been invited to be a part of some programs on a Latin America program that is, it's a Spanish program that goes out to Latin America, and it's actually from Canada. But they've asked for us to help facilitate missions, prayer services on these programs. And they've also asked if we could do a cry for Cuba. And that cry for Cuba is a prayer for Cuba. And so we invited, my husband coordinated with the leaders in Cuba. And they went to a building that has internet, like our internet, that stays on all the time. And they went to this building. And for the first time, publicly, going out to Latin America, 
they put together a program and they ministered and they prayed for Cuba in this program. There were over 9,000 people that watched this program that day and prayed for Cuba. I know God is getting ready to do things in this world that we cannot imagine. He is preparing a church to do things that have never happened before in this world. He's preparing a people and there's a hunger. And so I just ask for your prayer that God will be with them and God will be with us as we try to go forth. I'm going to try to sing this song for the glory of the Lord. It's open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And we'll sing, I'll sing it in Spanish. That God, that God will help us to see what he can see. Have the heart like he has the heart, like his heart. Amen. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. We want to see you. Abre mis ojos, oh Cristo. Abre mis ojos, te pido, yo quiero verte, yo quiero verte. Abre mis ojos, oh Cristo, abre mis ojos, te pido, yo quiero verte, yo quiero verte. Y contemplar tu majestad de tu gloria derrama tu amor y poder cuando cantamos santo, santo santo, santo santo santo, santo santo santo, santo santo, yo quiero verte, cántalo al Señor, sing it to the Lord Holy, 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 we want to see you. Santo, 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 yo quiero verte. Holy, 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 we want to see you. Santo, 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 
Santo, Santo, Santo, te quiero verte. Aleluya. Cuba is an island that is a bit mysterious to most North Americans. Many people who visit Cuba say that it's a place frozen in time from the late 1950s. While that may be so, in some respects, the Cuban society is attempting to recover. We've seen the efforts to repair and restore the crumbling infrastructure and beautify the city of Havana for its recent 500-year anniversary. There are stark differences between the places being restored and the homes that most people live in. The Cubans are very resilient and creative people as they live in a society where scarcity is the norm. The church in Cuba is special in many ways. The people live with many limitations and the lack of things that most people in the first world take for granted. However, they do not let this stop them from preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's been our privilege to be a part of the work in Cuba since May of 2013. As we've seen the city of Havana being transformed building by building, we're also seeing the same thing happening in the church both spiritually and physically. In the last few years, there's been a revival in the Cuban church of a love and passion for the apostolic doctrine. There's been a determination in our hearts and the hearts of the Cuban church leaders to train every person in leadership in the apostolic doctrine and methods of evangelism. We recently saw our first four-year graduates from Purpose Institute, along with a group who've also completed two years of study. With those graduates, we've now established three campuses and strategic locations in Cuba where every month new leaders are being taught and trained by Cuban teachers. Since it's extremely rare to receive permission to build a church, most congregations in Cuba are house churches. This has not stopped the church from growing as they're following the apostolic method of preaching from house to house. With the help of the North American church, we've been able to purchase several house churches for pastors with desperate need of a place to live and grow the church. We're working to help remodel and provide basic repairs to each house church, such as wells, windows, and even bathrooms. The church is on the move, growing in doctrine and souls. We're teaching them to be faithful in tithing and giving. We know that this will bring them blessings from God that they so desperately need. The apostolic message is spreading through the island. Brother Odell is a pastor who received the revelation of one God and baptism in the name of Jesus. For 10 years, he baptized people in the name of Jesus, thinking he was alone. Through contacts from the Cayman Islands, we traveled to eastern Cuba, where Bishop Dolbert Kark of the Cayman Islands taught on the name of Jesus. Pastor Odell leapt to his feet and shouted, I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. I baptized many, but I found no one to baptize me. The next day, he, his wife, and six other pastors were baptized in the name of Jesus. This is the moment of his baptism. Like the Apostle Paul, the same way, he decides to take on the name right now. Pastor Owen. Just slip your hand up. Levante su mano, por favor. Diga por qué quiere este bautismo. I want to take the name of Jesus, the name above every name. There's authority in this name. In Jesus, there is power. And more than that, it's going to be almost 10 years ago 
I have been baptizing the church in the name of Jesus. But I myself have not been baptized in this name. I received in the middle of the night this revelation. I couldn't find anyone to baptize me in this name. I ask God to send me someone to baptize me. This is the greatest thing that could happen to me. Everyone needs to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So, Reverend. Pastor, por la confesión de su fe, como líder, predicador, bautizamos a usted en el nombre del Señor Jesucristo para perdón de todos sus pecados y recibirá el doble porción del bautismo del Espíritu Santo en pocos días en el nombre de Jesús. So the uh, the 57 Ford Fairlane was a rental. <laughs> you can get that. That's a cool thing you can do in Cuba. <laughs> Amen. But uh, we thank you uh, for allowing us to share with you uh, what the Lord is doing in Cuba. And uh, as my wife said, we've been able to be in contact, thankfully, uh, through uh, some Zoom meetings during this time. Thankful for that. But uh Thankful for what God is doing, and uh, we invite you to partner with us. We have a table set up uh, out back. There's some pictures there. Uh, there are some items for sale. Uh, I don't know if we have anything left from Cuba. We have some things from Cuba and from Mexico, and uh, we appreciate the opportunity to share with you and for you to partner with us in, uh, in reaching Cuba with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to be a part, we are uh, raising funds. We have a fund in which we are helping to uh, remodel these house churches, and so, uh, and even in some cases we've been able to purchase some places, and so uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, um, we have a hat out there, anything you put in that hat goes directly towards that project, the church will be credited for it, and we just thank you for uh, allowing us to be here this morning. I invite you to stand with me, I want to share this word with you from the Word of God. I won't take a whole lot longer. I'll try to be an honest preacher and <laughs> stick to that. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Matthew 11:28 says, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you." And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your people gathered in this place, Lord. 
I pray your word would speak to our hearts and our lives, Lord, and that you would confirm it as it says in your word with signs following in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. And for just with the help of the Lord for a few moments, I want to preach to you, come unto me. Jesus Christ called. He said, come unto me. There were prophecies before his arrival, before his birth, and even afterwards, the the call is, come unto me. He said, and I will give you rest. There's two rests mentioned in this, two times in, in the text, in verse 28 and 29, Jesus said, I will give you rest. He said, he said that he would give us rest and that we would find rest unto our souls. Everybody say, come unto me. Come unto me. Come. It means leaving one place to go to another place. It means to go in somewhere, you have to leave somewhere. To come to church this morning, you had to leave your house. To come into the church house, you had to leave your car, your vehicle, and come in. The the Bible says, he said, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. We have to leave our old life. There is, in the word of God, Jesus Christ, he says, come, come. You know, living for God is so much easier than carrying the burden of our sins. He's calling because... There's a weight that we're carrying. There's, there's a weariness when you're living without God. That, that just a weariness of soul. A weariness even of body and of mind. And Jesus said, come to me and I'll give you rest. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you can re- receive rest in Jesus Christ. You can receive rest in your spirit. You can receive rest in your mind. Hallelujah. You can receive rest even in your physical body. Hallelujah. But you have to come unto Jesus Christ. The old, uh, in the old, uh, back in the day, as they say, you know, it was, if you, if you live for God easy, it's hard. But if you live for God hard, it's easy. I really, it's not a burden serving God. He took away my burden. He took away all my burdens. You know, I came to him with a burden of sin and he gave me, amen, he gave me forgiveness. Hallelujah. I came to him with pain, with, with, with addiction and he gave me freedom. Hallelujah. I brought in my shame. I brought in my wickedness and my evil ways. Amen. And he gave me love, power and a sound mind. Hallelujah. I came to him with an old life. Life, hallelujah that was messed up and he gave me a new life he gave me abundant life he gave me eternal life hallelujah i was headed for death and he gave me eternal life hallelujah i was headed straight to hell and now i'm on my way to heaven hallelujah because jesus said come unto me Come unto me, the prophet Isaiah. He said, amen. Isaiah said, for precept must be upon precept. And line upon line, here a little, there a little. With stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest. Wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. The prophet Isaiah said it. Hallelujah. Everybody say, this is that. This is the rest that Isaiah talked about. 
This is the rest that Jesus was saying, come unto me and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. It's why Peter, when he stood on the day of Pentecost and he preached, he said, this is that. This is that that Joel spoke about. Hallelujah. That in the last days he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Hallelujah. This is the the, the refreshing that that he spoke about that comes from heaven. He he preached and Peter preached in Acts chapter 3 and he talked about times of refreshing which come from the presence of God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, come unto me. Come. In, in Spanish, I like it. And uh, I actually was working, putting some English notes <laughs> because my notes are in Spanish. But he said, venid a mí. Todos los que estéis trabajados. Venid. It's a present imperative. It's come. Like when your mama said, Come. It's, it's not an invitation as much as a command. It's more like, get over here. <laughs> Come. You know, when you, when you first get married, it doesn't matter if you're upstairs in the back corner of the house and your wife says, honey, can you come here? We get up and we move and, and we go. But, you know, a few years later, at least I'm guilty. I'm like, you hear, come here, honey. What? What do you what do you want? <laughs> is is it worth me getting up or I'm kind of tired? It's we're kind of like that with the Lord, but the Lord when he says come, he's saying come right now. It's not come when you want to. It's not come when it occurs to you. It's an urgent command. It's like uh, the closest thing I could think of, you know, I, I'm not I'm not so much scared of heights, but I'm I'm scared of edges. I don't like edges that are real high. And when I see my kids getting near an edge, I'm like, "Come over here." I don't want to run over and spook them. I feel like they'll fall off the edge or jump off the edge or something. So I say, come here. Get over here. Come here now. Jesus is saying, come. I'll give you rest. I'm tired of seeing you carrying the burden. You don't have to carry it anymore. Come, he said. Come unto me, everyone who's weary and heavy laden. Amen. Come unto me, rich or poor. It doesn't matter. Come unto me if you're famous or if you're, you're nobody. Come unto me if you're old or if you're young. Hallelujah. Come unto me and I will give you rest. It was the rest that the prophet Isaiah he, he talked about, it's what Peter preached when he said, this is that, this is the refreshing. And he said, and I will give you rest. In Spanish, he said, osare descansar. It's, it's more than just I'm going to give you rest. He said, I will make you rest. I will give that rest to you. Because I don't know if you've been ever troubled in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart, when you've been filled with anguish and know what it is to have the peace of God, which passes. Which passes all understanding. There's no explaining it. It doesn't come from the circumstances that you're in. But there's a peace that comes from within. There's a rest that comes. There is rest for the weary. Amen. But it's only at the feet of Jesus. And he's saying, come. Come this morning. Come this afternoon. Come one. Come all. Come everyone who's weary and heavy laden. It's a gift of God. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it. But he says, come and I will make you rest. Yo saré descansar. I will give you rest. Amen. Rest from the weight of sin. Rest from the weary and the anguish. Hallelujah. He said, come. Amen. It's not when it occurs to me or when I want to, but come. It's an imperativo presente. Ven. 
In, in Spanish, you know, it's ven para acá. It's come now. It's an order. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. The Spirit calls, Revelation twenty two seventeen says, And the Spirit and the bride say, the bride which is the church, we stand and we preach, we say, come. Come, everybody, because there's rest here. There, 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 there's forgiveness here. Hallelujah. There's hope in Jesus Christ. The Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that's a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life. Hallelujah. It's free. Hallelujah. It's amen. There is a rest in Jesus Christ. Jesus stood at, at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles. On the last day, the, uh, the history says, theologians say, or People, uh, the tradition of that day, the priest on the last day, he would come and he would take a container of water and he would go and he would pour it out right next to the altar. And on that last great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and as the water was being poured out, he said, if any man come to me, I'll give him rest. If any man, he that believeth in me, amen, he that believeth in me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. He spoke of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He spoke of the refreshing, the times of refreshing that Isaiah prophesied, that Peter preached, and he spoke about the rest of that's only in him. He said, come unto me and I will give you rest. Amen. Would you just raise your hands to heaven this morning? Whatever your load is, whatever you're worrying about, whatever you walked in here with a need for, the Lord is saying, come unto me. I'll give you rest. I will carry your burden. I will carry the Lord. Hallelujah is here this morning. Hallelujah. It's not something you, you don't have to earn it. You don't deserve it. Amen. It's simply something. It's a work of God. He said, Joe Osade, he will make you rest. He will give you rest. I know what it is, friend, to have my blood pressure skyrocketing. It, it was up over, over 200, over I don't know what. I'd been to the hospital two times in French Guiana. Couldn't speak, couldn't speak the language. My wife was calling. Uh, our pastor friend in Mexico who, who's a doctor, who's a surgeon and you know you're in trouble when the doctor gets on the phone and he says, well, we better pray. I'm like, well, can't you give me some kind of some some, uh, advice besides pray? I mean, I'm glad you want to pray, but as a doctor and he said, we just need to pray. And friend, in one moment of prayer, when I couldn't rest, when my blood pressure was driving me crazy, I felt it. I began to feel a heat in my body. And in one moment, they gave me, the Lord gave me rest. And I went in and I rested like I hadn't rested in days. Hallelujah. Jesus said, come unto me and I will give you rest. He'll give you healing in your body this morning. He will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He'll wash away your sins. He'll give you peace of mind. Amen. And then Jesus said, after he said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, carrying a load, and I will give you rest. I will make you to rest. And then, in a very paradox of, it seems like it really doesn't fit there, he says, take my yoke upon you. Well, first you're going to let me rest, then you're going to make me work. Because <laughs> take my yoke, a yoke is not for uh, resting, it's for working. And yet he said, take my yoke and learn of me. I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your soul. 
you will find rest. And so there was the first rest that Jesus Christ gives, which is a rest from the weight of our sins, which is a rest from the effects of sin in our life. He says, you come unto me and I'll give you rest. But the second rest you have to take. You have to take the yoke upon you. There's people who found the first rest, but really don't understand why they're weary spiritually and don't understand why having forgiveness of sins and knowing God, but yet it's just not quite. There's a second rest that only comes when you take the yoke. Amen. When you let him place, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm meek and lowly of spirit, and you will find rest for your soul. There's another rest that comes when we carry, amen, the weight of the responsibility of the kingdom of God upon our lives. Amen. God saves us. He fills us with the Holy Ghost. He washes away our sins. Amen. Why don't He take us directly to heaven? I mean, it's going to be better there than it is here. That's for sure. Amen. Every day it's waxing worse and worse. The scripture prophesied it. But if the church is still here, it's because they're the only thing you can do better in heaven that you can't, you, you know, we'll, we'll worship God better in heaven. We'll, we'll probably, I'll sing better in heaven because I don't sing real well right now. We'll be more faithful. The only thing you can do here in this life that you can't do in heaven is preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, is share the good news with someone else. And so the church has been left and we're to take his yoke upon us. The Bible says this gospel is not a passive gospel he said from the days of john the baptist till now the kingdom of heaven suffered with violence and the violent they take it by force hallelujah we're not to be passive about preaching the gospel of jesus christ we're not to be passive about serving god and living for god hallelujah we're to take the yoke upon us hallelujah he takes the weight of sins off and then he gives us another burden. He takes the burden of sin away, but then he puts a burden for souls upon us. Hallelujah. He puts a burden. Amen. The, the way, the, the yoke of righteousness, the yoke of justice. Hallelujah. It's a weight that he takes away. Amen. When, when, hallelujah. When you carry the weight of sins for a long time and he just washes away those sins, it's a light. It, it's a, it's a feeling of joy. Hallelujah. What a joy it is to walk in freedom. You know, God gives us peace. The kingdom of God is what is least there is in, in the kingdom of men. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. Righteousness. True righteousness is only found in the kingdom of God. Peace. True peace. Genuine peace. And, you know, because God forgives us of our sins and He takes the weight off of us, but He puts the yoke upon us, His yoke upon us, but true peace is, it's not the absence of conflict because there, that day is not going to be until we get into, in His presence there's perfect peace, but true peace is peace with God. It's knowing my sins are forgiven. It's knowing I'm a child of God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. That peace within us, hallelujah, it gives us hope for the future, hallelujah. It gives us a true, genuine joy, hallelujah. It's a joy, hallelujah. When we fulfill ministry, hallelujah, it is rest for our soul. 
We might be weary in body, but we're at peace with God. And no, I've shared the gospel. Hallelujah. I've done something for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. God can use anyone. He will use anyone from a fisher, from a farmer. Hallelujah. To a businessman. Hallelujah. Whoever you are. Hallelujah. It's the job of the church. Hallelujah. There's a second rest. There's a rest for the people of God. Hallelujah. There's a rest that comes upon your spirit and your soul when you take the yoke upon you. Hallelujah. And you begin to learn from God. Hallelujah. You become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Maybe not as many amens on the second rest as the first rest. But there's a promise. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4 verse 9 says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. That's you. That's me. There's a rest for us. For he that has entered into his rest, he also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore. It's, it's paradoxical. It's, it's rest, but it's labor. Amen. It's, it's rest, but it's a yoke upon you. Hallelujah. Therefore, labor to enter into the rest. Let it, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Hallelujah. There is a rest. Hallelujah. For the people of God. It's at the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's taking the yoke upon you. It's saying, I'm going to live my life according to your word, Lord. I'm going to be obedient to your word. Hallelujah. I'm going to put first the kingdom of God. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto me. Hallelujah. I know there can be a weariness even in doing the work of God, but Paul's told the Galatians, let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Hallelujah. Asaph was a man who served for 80 years in the house of God. He served 40 years under David and 40 years under Solomon. He was a musician and one day he got so tired of seeing the wicked prosper and people living evil and him doing good and seeming like they were had it better than he did. He said, I just washed my hands in vain and I'm doing this in vain. And he said, he said, I just, I just thought I'd throw in the towel. He said, until I went to the house of God, until I got into the presence of God and I realized the end of them. I realized there's more to it than what's here right now. I realized it's worth it to take his yoke upon me because he forgave my sins he washed away my sins hallelujah he's forgiven me time after time when i didn't deserve it when i was serving i'm supposed to be doing right and i didn't do right he still forgave me and i'm still preaching the gospel is a rest in taking his yoke upon you hallelujah and and serving the lord hallelujah there's a rest for your soul he promised it there's a rest for the people of god when we're obedient to the work of God. Hallelujah. When we rest from our own works and trust in His works. I invite you to stand with me this morning. I don't have a whole lot more to say other than invite you to come unto Him. I don't know how you're doing it in the social distancing, so if it's there, it's there, but just find a place to, to raise your hands. Hallelujah. And begin to talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Go to the feet of Jesus. He's saying, Come. Benida me. Venga. Vengan. 
Hallelujah. He's saying, come here to me. Come away from, from where you're at. Leave where you're at. Don't worry about how it's going to work out. This is a work of God, a miraculous work of God that He'll do in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. And take the yoke upon you. Take the responsibility. Hallelujah. The church, hallelujah, can speak out. We can be a light in darkness. Hallelujah. We can, hallelujah, speak life. Hallelujah. To, when, when there's death all around. Hallelujah. We can speak true righteousness and justice and joy. Hallelujah. We can speak hope. Hallelujah. Into a hopeless situation. Into a hopeless life. Hallelujah. We can bring peace into the middle of a troubled world. Hallelujah. What's that look like? Evangelist brother Victor Jackson, I think, he got on a plane in Tampa, Florida. Blew my mind where everybody else is. Imposing he flew to Minneapolis, Minnesota. He went right to where everybody was so troubled. He started preaching the peace of God. He started preaching Acts 2.38. He started preaching forgiveness. Hallelujah. He started praying for hundreds of people. Hallelujah. Friend, we have what this world needs hallelujah take the yoke upon you hallelujah let god use you hallelujah and there's a peace there's a rest in doing his will the disciples didn't understand it when they came they said jesus who brought you something to eat when he was ministering to the samaritan woman someone who wasn't even like him and and she went and she brought all of her friends and as they were coming he said this is my meat my meat is to do the will of him that sent me what what gives me refreshing even though weary in body or hungry in my body is to do the work of God. There's a rest when you take His yoke upon you. Hallelujah. Raise your hands to heaven, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your people. Thank you, Lord, for peace that passes all understanding. Thank you for times of refreshing. Hallelujah. Raise your hands to heaven. Whatever weight, whatever weary that you came in here with today, I want you to lift your hands and just lift it up and say, take it, Lord. Come unto me, he says. I'll give you rest. I'll take the weight off. I'll take the weight, the weary. There's no safer place to be than in the hands of God. You can trust him. When you can't see his hand moving, you can trust the heart of God. I can't see it. I don't understand it. But I know there's rest. Such a peace. When you just place your life in His hands. When you say, I'm going to obey your word, Lord. I'm going to commit my life to you. I'm going to take the yoke. There's a rest when He washes away your sins. And there's a rest in your soul, a peace in your spirit when you do the will of God. Thank you, Jesus.